Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center presents Doc Talk, an informative health series educating our community on the services provided at Peace Health. We will begin with our host, George Henry, after these messages. You're not feeling well? You twist your ankle? Or you have that pain in your shoulder that just doesn't go away? There is an alternative to the emergency room. It's a Peace Health walk-in clinic. There's no appointment necessary, and you may have to wait, but you could see someone today. It's open six days a week in the 380 building just across from Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. The Peace Health Walk-In Clinic, your local health partners. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. Joining me for this edition of Doc Talk is Dr. Jordan Raymer. Jordan Raymer works at Peace Harbor Hospital and she is in the department that works with colonoscopies, and uh, I guess that's surgery department too, right? Yeah, general surgery. General surgery. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit first. But first, l- let me get to know you a little bit. Um, your background, where did you hail from originally? I am actually from Coquille, Oregon, just so down the road. You're yep. an Oregonian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And you grew up, uh, went to Coquille High School? I did, yes. Right. Then uh, moved away, went to Newburgh for college, and then left Oregon until about six years ago, came back. So. so when you were in middle school, high school, what was your education um, direction there? Did you know medicine was there? or Probably in high school. Um, I always was kind of drawn to the science classes, anatomy, uh, biology, all of that. So um, figured out I wanted to go to medical school in high school. Yeah. Wow. So when you're when you're doing anatomy classes and you have to figure out all the bones and everything, did you have to name all them, or is that more in medical school than in high school? We did in high school actually. We had an anatomy class and we got to color the bones in a little coloring book and dissect frogs and you know all of that. So see, I remember doing that too. Of course, you know, I, I went to school a few years before you, I'm sure. But it seems like a, some schools don't offer some of that anymore. Is that? I mean, yeah, and I mean, Coquille Public School. Um, you know, it's not. A private education. It's just regular public school. So I think I was lucky. Had a good good teachers, um, especially in the science classes. So, did you come from a, a background where family encouraged you to 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 look, you know, the path you wanted to take, and not concern yourself about how you were going to get there? Yeah, definitely. Um, neither of my parents went to college, um, so they were always encouraging me to 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 do that. Um, so. So Newburgh to college, started mm-hmm. in Newburgh, mm-hmm. and then medical school. Then went to the East Coast for a little while. Um, Don't tell me Duke. No, no, Northeastern. Okay. Um, then medical school, actually traveled around for that, got to go to the Caribbean for a while, um, New York, Colorado, then Wisconsin uh, for training. No, so. that, to me, and I, I've interviewed a few doctors, it, that doesn't seem like the norm, though, to go to 
several medical schools? Just one school, um, oh, but one school I got to different... do rotations, okay. our clinical rotations. Uh, I got to travel around rather than stay in one place, which was nice because then I could kind of experience different parts of the country, figure out where I wanted to end up. And decided um, that mm-hmm. you wanted to end up Come back to Oregon. back where you yep. started. Yep. <laughs> what is it about Oregon that, that kind of keeps you enthralled? Um, you know, you get a little bit of everything here, the mountains, the ocean, the weather, um, you know, I've lived in the snow, I've lived in the desert, not for me. So, <laughs> and the people, more. you know, just, yeah. you know, the laid back nature of the West coast and, and all of that. So were you, uh, were you, a? Uh, I should, I probably shouldn't ask you if you were a good student because it doesn't matter once you get your doctor <laughs> degree, nobody looks back and sees what your grades were, but yeah, no, I was a good student. Yeah. I was. Yeah. You yeah. kind of have to be, though, don't you? Have to, you have to have an act. You have to be acclimated toward that kind of work. Yeah, you have to like studying and want to put in the time and effort, and so. When you were dissecting frogs, did you ever think about, you know, maybe one day having to do that on a human body, living tissue? You know, we did that in medical school, um, cadavers, but yeah, it wasn't until I think my surgery rotation during medical school that I realized that, you know, this was great and I could, I could do this. Um, so yeah. I mean, I guess you're, you look at the ultimate goal of seeing that person healed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You feel like you can tangibly fix a problem and see it beforehand and fix it and then see it after. So I like that about it. So why surgery as opposed to like general medicine? I think for that very reason, I wanted to be able to see a problem and actually fix it, you know, use my hands to fix it um, technically. So I like the medical side of it too, but this way I get to, you know, get in there and really, really, you know, fix a mechanical problem a lot of the time. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, okay, so then you came back here. When did you, when did you get the job with Peace Harbor? How long have you been there? I have been here seven months. So fairly recent. Yeah, I was up in Portland. Uh, I realized that I wanted to get out of the city come back towards the coast and yeah this just seemed like a good fit get closer to home so are you like a, you like an outdoors person do you like to do the hiking and i do and yeah and all i do stuff? yeah i got a i got a kayak um just went camping for a few days so yeah i like all of that all right cool i'm talking with dr jordan raymer she works at the surgery department at peace harbor we'll be back in just a couple of minutes here we'll talk more about what it is she actually does there You're not feeling well, you twist your ankle, or you have that pain in your shoulder that just doesn't go away? There is an alternative to the emergency room. It's a Peace Health walk-in clinic. There's no appointment necessary, and you may have to wait, but you could see someone today. It's open six days a week in the 380 building just across from Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. The Peace Health walk-in clinic, your local health partners. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. 
On this edition of Doc Talk, I'm speaking with Dr. Jordan Raymer, and Jordan Raymer is in the surgery department at Peace Harbor Hospital. And we talked a little bit about your background and, and why you ended up in medicine. Let's talk about now the specifics of what you do. Um, give me the give me the the basic of, I mean, because I'm sure it's not all like colonoscopies, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not that's not the the majority True. of your work, yeah. right? So um, I'm a general surgeon. So general surgery really is a little bit of everything. Um, we do a lot in the abdomen. Uh, colon surgery, gallbladders, hernias, appendicitis, um, breast cancer, things like that. Uh, here in Florence, part of the general surgeon's role is colonoscopy and upper endoscopy. Um, and that's because sometimes that will fall under the gastroenterologists, um, but here in town, that's part of our responsibility. So we do do a lot of colonoscopies as well. Well, let's go back to the, the hernia. You mentioned hernias. Um a few years ago, and I don't remember the type of surgical mesh it was, but they were using a certain mesh that they believed was was harmful over mm-hmm. time. Yeah, what was what was that? You know, if it, it periodically, fine, yeah, it periodically comes up. They find that different meshes it hasn't been just one mm-hmm. um, will be recalled for certain reasons um, based on the material that it's made out of. A lot of times, it's you know for other types of surgeries too, bladder. Um, other things. But uh, yeah, we don't use any of that. It's a pretty standard type of mesh for things like inguinal hernias. Um, Well, I asked that because I had somebody that went into surgery and when Mm -hmm. he had to go back for another surgery, they found that the mesh had actually attached itself to several different areas in his abdomen, causing, you know, them to have to go in and cut all that out. Yeah, that can be a problem for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to make sure we're using, you know, the right mesh for the right hernia repair. So is, is hernia something that, um, is, is a big problem or is it, it just kind of occasionally comes up? Um, I'd say it's one of the most common things we see. So, How does it happen? You know, there's natural areas in the body that are just more prone to having hernias like weaker. the belly button. Yeah. Just weaker areas. Um, and over time, you know, those will become more weak or, you know, if you're doing some really, really heavy lifting, you feel a bulge. Um, it can happen that way as so, well. So basically, a hernia is anytime like there's separation and something can stick through it, like yeah. a piece of the a hernia. The yeah, it's basically a hole. Yeah, and something going through that hole. Okay. So. All right. Well, let's switch over to, to colonoscopies now because okay. I know that's <laughs> one of the reasons why they asked you to come in today. Um, obviously, there's some standards that they go by for people when they should get checked out on that, but. The, what is what is the basic reason for colonoscopy? Yeah, so colonoscopy is a screening tool used to um, find and treat potentially colon cancers or, more importantly, even the polyps that lead to colon cancer. Uh, so the recommendation is to start screening an average risk person at age 50. Now, colon cancers... Is is one of the one of the pretty high cancers for terminal illness if not treated, right? Is that yeah? It's it's high? one of the most common cancers. Um, I think the incidence is about you know four and a half percent in men, a little less in women, um, but it it does progress. If you don't find it, it can spread to other organs and things like that. So, do they know what attributes to the polyps in the colon that causes it? Because 
I wonder, you know, I mean, it seems like, and of course we don't, we don't really know because we probably don't have the, the research way, way back, but it just seems like in the last 30 years you hear about it more than you did before. Yeah, so the polyps are just little growths that occur in the colon. Um, not all of them are precancerous. It's the adenomatous type polyps that are have the potential that to grow into a cancer. And they look different? Do they look different? A lot of times you can't tell. Okay. No, a lot of times you can't tell. Um, but it's it's DNA, you know, problems with the DNA, mutations, things like that, that, that lead to damage in the cells that then form, you know, most type of cancers in general. So over time, a polyp will kind of grow and potentially turn into a, a cancer. I, I don't know if you know this, but is there a is there an area of the country or areas of the country that maybe environmentally are more prone to that kind of stuff, or is it pretty much widespread? It's it's widespread. Um, you know, the Western diet, problems with obesity, smoking. Um, red meat, all of those things have been shown to contribute. Well, no, red meat. <laughs> um, and also, you know, family history, right. um, other things, genetic predispositions. Now, with family history, is there um, those that have a family history of it? I guess you probably recommend prior to mm-hmm. 50 years old. Yeah, typically it's, it's 10, 10 years before um, the diagnosis of their family member. So it would be a mother or father with colon cancer. So when you scope the colon, can you can you tell by the amount of polyps versus the lack of, I guess, polyps, um, whether this person can go a longer period of time without having a colonoscopy? Or how do, yeah. how do you determine, like you say, oh, well, you're, you look good, don't come back for yeah. 10 years. So you're, if you're an average risk person, meaning you have no family history, you have not had polyps before, if your colon looks normal, there's no polyps, then you can, you can go 10 years. Um, and you know that right there. If we take polyps out, we send those off to the pathologist to look at, and they tell us what they are. Depending on what kind they are and how many you have, then we recommend you know, three years or five years, for example. So you could still have polyps, but yet they still you won't need to come back for five years because it's not mm-hmm. that serious. Yeah, yet. yeah. Okay. Upon finding out that a person has something that is precancerous or maybe even cancerous, what then? What is the what is the basic form of? Uh, yeah. So if we find a precancerous polyp and we got all of it out, um, you know, and you have just one or maybe even two, you can typically go five years and there's no other treatment needed. Um, if we find a cancer, we usually know it at the time of colonoscopy because it looks different or there's a mass, and so we take a biopsy. And then we get our cancer diagnosis and go from there, which typically involves surgery to remove that part of the colon. So you'll you'll remove a section of it or you'll remove the polyps on the inside? We remove, we biopsy the colon cancer and then come back at a later time to actually take out that section of the colon. So you can resect the bowel. And, yes, and, and put it back, it back together. together. Yeah. What about people that experience things like IBS or... Um, Crohn's or stuff like that. Yeah. What, what is their susceptibility or what is their, uh, prog- not prognosis, what is the procedure for taking care of that? So people who have Crohn's or inflammatory bowel disease are at higher risk for developing colon cancer. So they're usually screened more frequently. Um, we do see a lot of people that come in because they're having symptoms. Maybe they're having bleeding or or 
abdominal pain or things like that. And so we'll do colonoscopies for symptoms as well, not just screening. Because I wondered, because obviously the the irritation that continues ongoing in the bowels um, because of the IBS or because of the Crohn's, I guess that just continues to irritate and and cause more problems? Yeah, especially with ulcerative colitis. Um, you know, they can have polyps or just abnormal parts of the inside of their colon that um, can turn into abnormal cells more frequently than, than regular people. Um, uh, IBS, that's irritable bowel syndrome, uh, those people are not at higher risk for colon cancer. Mm. So... Have they have they developed that you know of any kind of new preventative or new treatments for Crohn's and that that Crohn's have they on um, you know Crohn's can happen anywhere in the GI tract. There's no real cure for that. Uh, there's medication that people can take long term to suppress it, mm-hmm. um, but but no, ba- basically just medication. Um, sometimes those people require surgery if it flares up to the point where it can't be treated with medication. Okay. Talking with Dr. Jordan Raymer, and we will be back on this edition of Doc Talk with more. You're not feeling well? You twist your ankle? Or you have that pain in your shoulder that just doesn't go away? There is an alternative to the emergency room. It's the Peace Health Walk-In Clinic. There's no appointment necessary, and you may have to wait, but you could see someone today. It's open six days a week in the 380 building just across from Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. The Peace Health Walk-In Clinic, your local health partners. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. Speaking with Jordan Raymer, Dr. Jordan Raymer at Peace Harbor Hospital. And before we before we move on, I, there's something you wanted to say, and I'll, we'll bring that up in a second. But I wanted to ask you about the ileocecal valve. Okay. What the heck is it? <laughs> that is a valve that the is at the beginning of your colon on the right side and the end of your small intestine. So it's basically where the small intestine enters your colon. And the valve is there to prevent all of the contents of your small bowel from just dumping really fast into your colon. So it's kind of like a stop valve. So it like slows it down. When it when it's when it's stopped, it allows the things before to digest more yeah so it's a digestive exactly. yeah. uh, interference there, mm-hmm. or not interference but yeah an yeah okay. like a checkpoint before it goes to the colon can the valve become stuck not typically not typically no okay I don't see that a whole lot because I, I had heard that sometimes people have a problem and they you know they have to like either massage or do something to get it going or is that not more that like I've really seen you, yeah I mean you can have bowel obstructions and things like that but usually it's because people have had surgery there before or mm-hmm. something like that okay now let's go back to the thing you wanted to talk about uh, are there any options to colonoscopy 
Yeah, so I get this question a lot in the clinic is um, Cologuard. It's kind of the newest, latest test on the market. It's sort of like the um, DNA test, where you say. Yeah, yeah, because nobody really wants to have a colonoscopy. Um, and so there are other alternatives. These are stool-based tests that you kind of do at home. Um, and basically, essentially, the recommendation is that colonoscopy is the best test. Um, there's no real replacement for that. But if you're unwilling to undergo a colonoscopy um, for whatever reason, then then those are acceptable. Um, well, what is the what is the real <clears throat> objection to the colonoscopy? Because forgive me, I'm 58 and I've never mm-hmm. had one. <laughs> so what are what are the real objections to it? So number one, it's invasive. You know, you have to come into the hospital. We put you to sleep essentially. Um, we're looking at the inside of your colon, so there are risks to that, a uh, small risk of perforation, bleeding if we're taking out polyps. Um, overall, it's very, very safe. And then there's the the prep. So that's what you have to drink the night before that gets everything cleaned out. So people do not like that at all. And that's like uh, like a Gatorade cocktail or something? I mean, it's yeah, not, but I mean, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. It used to be gallons, and now we've gotten it down to a lower volume, but it, it's still not fun. So. But yet, I've, I've spoken with people that say when they've come out, they don't know that anything was done. No, no, I mean, it's very so comfortable now. Yeah. Um, people are sedated nicely by anesthesia, uh, and and we do the procedure, which takes about a half an hour, and you normally don't feel any discomfort or wake up at all. So I, I wonder how much of it though is a humility thing for people. Yeah, probably. To me, it would kind of be like. You know, yeah. I don't want to bear that yeah. to everybody. I can see that. You know? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. do it all the time, but I can see that. Yeah, yeah. you yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Doctors, hey, psh, there it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, how far does the camera go? Obviously, because you've got you have a about few five feet, right? feet of colon. So okay. yeah, it, it's it's pretty long. Yeah, it's a fiber optic uh, scope. It essentially, goes all the way to the end. You know, sometimes we can't make it to the end because you know colons can be very twisty. Um, so that's one thing we want to make sure we don't twist the scope or have resistance, things like that. Now, are there any things, are there any dangers in the small intestine? The small intestine, we can't see into the small intestine. Sometimes we can get through the ileocecal valve with our scope and look at the very end of the small intestine if we need to for some reason. Um, but that's about as far as we can get on a colonoscopy. And the reason for that would being is maybe you saw something in the large intestine that made you concerned. Or if somebody has Crohn's or you think they have Crohn's disease or a disease in their small intestine, we might want to get in there to take a biopsy. Okay. So, Well, let's talk about the specifics at Peace Harbor now. Like you said, general surgery uh, covers a lot of ground. Um, when you're not doing colonoscopies, mm-hmm. what kind of things are you doing surgery for? Um, we do a lot of, like I said, hernia surgery, inguinal hernias, abdominal wall hernias, uh, breast surgery, uh, breast cancer, that kind of thing. Um, gallbladders, take out a lot of gallbladders. Appendix. Appendix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything that comes through the ER that might require a surgeon. Trauma. Uh, we take care of a lot of trauma patients. Uh, we're now a level three trauma center. So, um Accidents from the dunes and that kind of thing. Do we know yet what the appendix is for? The appendix is really not for anything. It used to be maybe an immune organ, um, but but yeah, no use. No use whatsoever. Mm -mm. But yet, you don't want to have to have it cut out unless you have to. No, (laughs) no. 
what a, obviously the the surgical room is is a sterile environment are there any other dangers in actually opening up um a patient as far as making them more susceptible to something down the road i mean it's it's different if you get a cut or something you bleed a little bit that might come out but like going through the epidermis and getting into the actual is there any any scientific knowledge that says you know surgery unless it's an emergency is probably not the best thing yeah i mean there's risks of any surgery um especially going into the abdomen you can create scar tissue uh, adhesions a lot of people have heard that word before. Um, you know, infection, obviously, anytime we cut the skin, bleeding. Um, so, yeah, unless it's necessary, we, we want to avoid it. Obviously, I mean, I'm, I would consider plastic surgery as that. But what, are, what is the most common surgery that doesn't need to be done? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, don't have a specific... Um, not a lot in general surgery. Right. I would say sometimes people come in with lumps and bumps, you know, like lipomas, things like that, which bother them and may cause them pain, but um, are not bad. You know, they're not cancer. They're not going to you know, or they create have a trouble. Or in a bad place or a growth that's in a bad place. Yeah. It's really not bad. Yeah. Just... Although sometimes it's hard to find. It's hard to know until we take that out. I've um, right. been seeing a lot of skin cancer uh, lately as well. So, Okay. Well, when I guess you are one of the people there that um, – is it the luck of the draw? Is that – is that how you get chosen for what? your surgery? I mean, oh. in other words, you don't oh, have you oh. don't have general patients that are are your regular patients, right? No, so they will usually either through the emergency room or through their primary care provider have identified a surgical problem, and then they get referred to our office. So there's three general surgeons, including myself. So we will see Who are the other two, uh, Doctor McClune and Doctor Stoffer. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I've met both of them. So yeah. I know. Well, thank you for coming yeah. in today. This has been really educational. Um, you know, I, I always like to ask weird questions to see what kind of Yeah, no, that's get, fun. So. Right. Yeah, thank you. Dr. Jordan Raymer, thank you so much. Yeah, for being thank on you Doc for having Talk. me. You have been listening to Doc Talk, presented by Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. For more information on the program and services provided, visit peacehealth.org. <laughs>